have a great episode for you here. I'm going to begin the episode by obviously talking about some NBA news because there's a couple of small things that have come out recently and a scenario I saw in the NBA and who I would choose within this scenario and I'll go over that. And then I'm going to talk about some NFL news and the uh, current rankings and like leaders and statistics and certain statistics and like the MVP odds and all that stuff. And I'll give my MVP pick at the moment. Obviously, no change there. Um, I'll talk about college football and all the great things that are going on in college football at the moment. The very interesting environment there. And I'll talk about Notre Dame as well after um, a very, very, very um, unexpected performance against Clemson recently. And then I will do my NFL power rankings at the end of the episode, as I always do, and end the episode off with a take that I have for you involving the Super Bowl and a couple of um, tiers. And so I have a great episode for you here. I hope you will enjoy and hear me. So, as I said, I'm going to begin the episode by talking about the NBA, and although it's not ha- being played at the moment, and there aren't any games or anything of that sort, they're possibly even going to be played. There are a couple of things that have happened in the news, and there's this um, thing that I also saw um, that I kind of wanted to talk about as well. And so, I'm going to start by going over the new stuff, and then I'm going to talk about a scenario I saw online. And so, the first piece of news is that Mike D'Antoni... Uh, who was the former Rockets coach of the past couple of seasons with their small ball offense, will be joining Steve Nash's coaching staff underneath him. He'll be an assistant coach, which is interesting considering he's been head coach for a while. But we'll see how that works out um, there in Brooklyn. The Tigers hired A.J. Finch. And I know I don't put as much baseball stuff on this, but A.J. Finch was obviously the former Houston um, general manager when they won the World Series, but there was the cheating scandal and all that stuff. But Tigers hired him now. I think it's a good hire, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with him if he'll still be good when he's not coaching a team that's cheating. And so we'll have to see everything that goes on with that. And if, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and that obviously that was baseball, by the way. I just wanted to include that quickly because I think that and the fact that Alex Cora, another person who was, um, who was involved in the cheating scandals, is re-signed as the Red Sox coach after this, which I think is great for my Red Sox team here because I think he was a great coach for them. And I don't think they cheated heavily underneath him. I think it's just kind of he got wrapped up in the Astros thing. But those are two pieces of MLB news that I kind of wanted to include here with the NBA section because those are just like various things that aren't involved in the um, football world. Now I wanted to um, jump into this build-a-team thing that I saw online here, and I kind of wanted to talk about it. And so what's going to happen here is there are going to be three options for these four different levels for you starting a team. You get to choose, obviously, which team. There are three teams you can choose from, the Celtics, Mavericks, and Clippers. Then you choose a bench player for this team. Um, the options are Ennis Cantor, Jay Crowder, Dwight Howard. Um, you choose a base player for the team, which, which the options are Jamal Murray, Jimmy Butler, and Pascal Siakam. And then you choose a superstar for the team, which are obviously LeBron, Jordan, and O'Neal. And so I'm going to quickly go through this and just talk about this here. And so for the team level, I would choose the Celtics. That's obviously there's favorability there. I am a Celtics fan. I don't think the Clippers are really a big market team, so I don't think that would help as much. Well, They are obviously in a big market, but they're not drawing as much as the Lakers is. Um and then you have the Mavericks as well, who I think are obviously a very popular team, but I don't think they're the same as the Celtics with the large market and history behind them. 
for the bench player, I think this one's actually very clear to me, and it would be Jay Crowder for me. I think he's the best scoring option of all these people, and his Cantor and Dwight Howard are both um, big dudes who are really much more rebounders and players like that. And I th but I think Jay Crowder is a much more valuable player to a team as a bench player because I think he's just a better shooter and a better overall offensive and defensive player. For the base player, this is actually, it, these two are the probably the two much closer categories for me. On the base player level, it there's a lot of difficulty with just how the players are at this moment. It has to be Jimmy Butler. He clearly is the best of the three. He's led a team to the finals, and he was very, very good during that. But I think if this team that you're going to be building with is going to have the players over a long time, and it's not just for one season, I think Jamal Murray is the option. Because I think Jamal Murray, over time, will continue to get better. He's already proven that he can be a star. He did great in the playoffs this year. He's a great shooter, and he can drive. He's great, great offense player and a solid defense player as well. And he's proven he can win in the big um, situations. So over time, I think it has to be Jamal Murray if you're keeping this team for a while, but Jimmy Butler is the choice at this moment. And then the final one is obviously the superstar level. And I think that O'Neal can be the most dominant of all these at a single time, but I don't think he's the best player if you're looking to win a championship necessarily. I think that probably the best of these options is Michael Jordan. I am a big Michael Jordan fan. I think he's much better than LeBron. A lot of people kind of debate between those two, but I think he is the better one. He's proven that he's a winner, and I think if you put Michael Jordan with Jimmy Butler and Jay Crowder, I think you have a great three players right there who are all good shooters, good drivers, great offense right there, and a good defense as well between three great defensive players. And so I think Michael Jordan's the option. Obviously, Shaquille O'Neal could be dominant. I think he could be really good, but I think Michael Jordan is the best one here. And LeBron James, I just don't think is as good as Michael Jordan. Um, so that would be how I would do this thing. It was just kind of an interesting graphic I saw that I wanted to talk about here um, and all that. And that's just really all the NBA news that I kind of wanted to address. And so I'm now going to move on to talking about the NFL and kind of how all the rankings and stuff shake out there and all the division leaders and everything like that. So, I'm going to quickly go over uh, the bigger games from the past couple of weeks since I last recorded an episode that happened in the NFL, who won those games, and I'm going to give the rankings as well and talk about the MVP odds and who my top five MVP people are at the moment here in this section for the NFL. And so this is really just a big NFL section. I'm going to hold off on my power rankings to the end because I'm still kind of thinking about them a little bit and I wanted to add some stuff into that and see what else is happening with the Bucks and Saints game that's going on at the moment while I am recording. But here are the bigger games that have happened over the past couple of weeks. The Packers and the Titans both got got um, upset two weeks ago with the Titans losing and being those Packers losing the Vikings. The Chiefs have rolled on both weeks, beating both of their opponents. Obviously, the Colts beat the Lions by a fair margin, but then lost to the Ravens today, which is a big win for the Ravens after they had lost to the Steelers two weeks ago in a very close matchup. The Steelers continue to roll with just barely beating the Cowboys this week. And um, Tua has started off very strong here. Um, actually, it's worth noting that the Cowboys are 0-2 over the past two weeks with big losses to both Philadelphia and Steelers. But Tua is, um, at the moment, Tua is 2-0 and in his first two starts here. A big win over the Rams and Cardinals, which are both big, big wins for that team. The Bills are 2-0 and as well over the past two weeks here because the Bills beat the Patriots in a close game and then beat the Seahawks in a very big game as well, giving the Seahawks their second loss now 
um, during the season after they had lost to the Cardinals two weeks ago as well. And um, the Raiders have continued to roll with two big wins recently against the Chargers and the Browns in two very interesting games. We saw the Broncos beat the Chargers just barely a week ago, but then they ended up losing today in a matchup to the Falcons. The Saints have come on strong recently with big wins versus with a big win versus the Bears. They won their last four games. They obviously had that big win against the Bears a week ago, and then um, they also are playing the Buccaneers in the moment and playing them well. And so the 49ers have fallen apart. Their whole team is going down at this moment. They lost to the Seahawks. And we have um, an injury update that I wanted to get to here. That Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle are both going to be out for at least six weeks. I'm going to add in some NFL news in a half a minute when I'm done with the games here before I get into the standings. As I said, the Eagles beat the Cowboys a week ago. The Buccaneers barely beat the Giants and are now playing the Saints as this is recorded the Packers beat the 49ers in their last matchup here, giving the 49ers two losses, as I just mentioned. A matchup of two of the worst teams in the NFL, and the Texans and the Jaguars um, went down to the wire with the Texans barely winning. And another matchup with two of the worst teams in the NFL with Washington and the Giants went down to the line as well with the Giants just barely beating them. Um, the Vikings have come on strong recently with two wins, one over the Lions, one over the Packers. And the Titans beat the Bears today to rebound from their loss to the Bengals. And so that's all the really big games that have happened recently that I wanted to get to. As I said, the Saints are up 14-0 at the moment over the Buccaneers. I want to get to a couple of quick news topics in the NFL that I really just wanted to address. Um, in the pa past two weeks, Odell Beckham tore his ACL and will be out for the rest of the season, which is a tragic loss for the Browns who are really catching fire recently. Kenyon Drake also is going to miss a few weeks with a slight tear of a ligament in his ankle, which is a big loss for the Cardinals, though Chase Edmonds has come on strong recently. The Lions traded for Everson Griffin, who has not been great for the Cowboys so far this year, but could really get back to form and be one of the better pass rushers in the NFL, and we'll see what he does for a Lions team that I thought was going to be much better than they have been so far in the NFL. Another big trade is Carlos Dunlap got out of the Bengals system and is on the Seahawks now, which is a big addition for the Seahawks, and I think he'll be a very valuable player for that team and provide some good pass rush that they really need very, very badly. Um, left tackle Ronnie Stanley of the Ravens, who's one of the best left tackles in the NFL, is going to be out for the rest of the season with a in season-ending ankle injury, which is really big for them because he was a big piece of their offense and helped their offense a lot. And a couple of trades have also happened that I wanted to address here. Um, these are probably the two biggest trades, I believe, other than the Carlos Dunlap one, is that the Saints traded for um, linebacker Quan Alexander of the 49ers, who's been a good linebacker. He's been, interesting. He's been um, injured recently a bunch, but he was very good when he was on the Buccaneers a couple of years ago. So we'll see if he can get back to form and really help the Saints team that I believe is going to win the Super Bowl and still do. And then the final and probably largest trade of all is that the Titans, my Titans, traded for cornerback Desmond King, who's a very valuable piece, I believe. And I think he will play a very big role in the Titans system here because they need cornerbacks, and I think he'll be a very helpful player to have on our roster. And so now I'm going to quickly go over the standings in the NFL. At the moment, you have... In the AFC, the Bills are leading their division at 7-2, and one of the best teams in football at the moment, um, though I don't think they'll end up being the best in the very end here by any means. And the Dolphins have caught, gotten really hot recently at 5-3 and are looking like a playoff team at the moment. You have the Chiefs, obviously, 8-1, leading their division, doing absolutely amazing, doing the normal Chiefs-like stuff. 
and then the Raiders are shortly trailing behind him at 5-3, and three, playing very well, while the Chargers can't seem to find a way to win even when they're up big, and the Broncos are just not doing all that I thought they would, especially considering they have so many injuries, though, with Cortland Sutton and um, Vaughn Miller out. In the AFC North, the Steelers are the only undefeated team left in the NFL at 8-0. You have the Ravens just behind them at 6-2, playing very well, but their offense can't really get going. And then the Browns are at 5-3, and just a little while behind. In the AFC South, you have the Titans leading at 6-2, and and the Colts right behind at 5-3. and Two very good teams, as I said at the beginning of the season, and I'll stick by this. I think the Colts will have the best regular season record at the end of the season of all the teams in the NFL. Um, I still believe they can do it here. It'll just be interesting to see what happens. And you have the Texans and the Jaguars, who absolutely suck at the moment. The only team to not win a game is the Jets at the moment at 0-8 in their in their division as well. In the NFC East, the Eagles are winning one of the worst divisions ever at 3-4-1, which is terrible. And then you have the Washington just behind them at 2-6, Cowboys 2-7, Giants 2-7. In the NFC West, the Seahawks are leading at 6-2, and two, one of the better teams in the NFL at the moment, and personally one of my favorite teams to watch, considering how good they are offensively. And then you have the Cardinals at 5-3, and three, playing very well, and the Rams at 5-3, and three, though I think the Rams are going to begin to um, sputter off here at the end and not play as well. And the 49ers are 4-5 and five and basically dead, considering their whole team is on the IR at the moment. The NFC North has the Packers leading at six and two. The Bears just behind at five and four, and then the Vikings Lions tied at three and five. I thought the Lions would be much better than they have been so far this season. I thought they were going to be a pretty good team this year, and I thought that um they'll get going here, but they just haven't gotten it going recently. And there's no excuse really for that. And the Bears have been much better than I thought at five and four, um, but they have really not been doing well recently in the past couple of weeks. And then the final division to get to is the Buccaneers who are leading their division at 6-2, and two, and the Saints just behind at 5-2, and two, while the Panthers and the Falcons are both 3-6. and six. And so I'm going to end this small bit by um, going into the MVP odds and giving my top five MVP people just at the moment right now. And so my five are the exact same five who are the top five for the MVP odds at the moment of most Las Vegas odds areas, but they're in a different order. And I'm going to give you what the odds are at the moment to win the MVP and then my order for them. So Russell Wilson has the best odds. Then you have Patrick Holmes a little ways behind him. And then Tom Brady, a fair jump behind the both of them. And then Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray um, as the two people a little ways behind him as well. Down the list, you have other players like Ben Roethlisberger, Josh Allen, Derrick Henry, Lamar Jackson, Brian Tannehill, Aaron Donald, and then Drew Brees really far off. And so I have the same five. I agree with the five. I think Russell Wilson is the first one. I think Patrick Holmes is the second. But I think after you get through those two, I think this is when it begins to come different. I have Kyler Murray at number three. I think he's played very well, a great mobile quarterback who can also throw, though. He, does, he hasn't been great interception-wise this season. He's thrown a lot of interceptions, but I think he'll get better with that, and I think he'll continue to be good. And then I think Tom Brady is in fourth, and then Aaron Rodgers in fifth. I don't... Aaron Rodgers has been very good, but I don't like watching him play at the moment. I just don't think it's going to continue to work, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. And then I also have Derrick Henry at number six here, and that may be based off of favorability. I obviously am a Titans fan, so I have some favorability towards him. But I think I have Derrick Henry at number six in the moment because I think he's really doing a great job with this Titans team. He's leading the NFL and um, obviously rushing and everything, and so I ha I just want to put him at number six on this list. And so that's really all the NFL stuff that I want to talk about prior to my power rankings in just a minute. And then um, now I'm going to move on to talking about college football and getting my rankings for college football.
so for this part of the episode, I wanted to kind of address college football, which is probably my favorite, like, sport, uh, or at least thing to watch sports-wise. And so I was going to talk about um, what all went on in college football over the past two weeks, like the big games, similar to what I did with the NFL. And then I'm going to quickly uh, go through the rankings and who I have as my college football top four at the moment, the four teams I would have in the playoffs at this moment. And so, and now actually I might add on like the other six teams I think should be in the, um, should be in the top ten here, but I'll see what I do here. But I know what the top four are, and I'll kind of address that here in half a second. So some of the bigger games over the past couple of weeks, obviously you've had Cincinnati continue rolling. Clemson has been interesting recently. I'll address their second game, but they barely beat Boston College a week ago. Indiana's continued to prove they actually weren't a fluke beating um, Penn State at the beginning of the season. have been doing very well, and Auburn's starting to trend upward after a bad start. I'll address Notre Dame in a second, but they beat Georgia Tech two weeks ago pretty handily. And Oklahoma State, my team, who I thought was going to be able to make it to that fourth spot if nobody else stepped in, um, they have dropped now to Texas a couple weeks ago. They stay at 14. They still have a chance, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, with that, obviously, Ohio State beat Penn State um, by 13 points, a solid game by them. Texas A&M has continued to do well and move upward in the rankings. And Oklahoma State... Uh, not Oklahoma State. I mean, Oklahoma, after two early season losses, are really doing well at the moment with two monstrous wins over the past couple of games, and both games have had 60 points. BYU is worth noting as well. BYU has been very good. They beat Western Kentucky two weeks ago by 31 points, and then last week they played a ranked Boise State team, which I, it's worthy to note that Boise State did not have uh, any of their top four quarterbacks for the game. So it was a big... Um, and Boise State was not all that good. They lost their running back, all four of their quarterbacks. And so, obviously, BYU didn't beat a full-strength Boise State, but I think they would have been able to because they're a very good team, it turns out, this season. Miami has continued to keep moving upward with a very close win over NC State. Liberty beat Virginia Tech in an interesting game there as well. And Indiana, as I said a minute, a minute ago, very handily beat Mint. Michigan uh, yesterday as well, 38-21 to in a solid game. The Pac-12 kicked off, and USC beat Arizona State in a comeback fashion, 28-27, to while down 14 points with three minutes left in the game. Texas, as I said, continues to move on after being Oklahoma State, beating West Virginia closely just their day. And um, Florida beat Georgia in one of the larger matchups we've had yet this season, in a big game, 44-28, to and I thought this was happening. I thought Florida was the better team of the two. I've said that for a while now. Stephen Bennett is not all that good, and they just proved that here with a very big win. As I said, Oklahoma State, after losing two weeks ago, got a very close win over Kansas State this last week, and Texas A&M murdered South Carolina 48-3. to Iowa State continues to move up, and Oregon, who's another team that I'm very high on, Oklahoma State and Oregon are kind of those teams I'm really high on this year that aren't as much talked about. Oregon beat Stanford 35-14 to in a good game by them there. Great performances out of Tyler Shaw in his first game, and C.J. Verdell has always played very, very well um, as well. And so we'll have to continue to see what happens with Oregon, but I think they'll be very good um, this season. And Ohio State continued to roll on, along with a bunch of our smaller teams like Marshall and Coastal Carolina. And the largest game, by far, probably the best game we've seen this season, it was just a really great game, was Notre Dame-Clemson between the number one and the number four ranked teams in the nation. Obviously, Clemson, without Trevor Lawrence, I think DJ um, Uyunglele, I don't know how to say his name, um, is very good as well. But um, Clemson lost in double overtime to Notre Dame, 47-240. Very big game. 
And um, it was sad to watch because it really needed Clemson to win. For the sake of Oregon, I'll talk about that in a second. This really hurts Oregon's chances um, of making the playoff. But I'll talk about that further. And um, I'll quickly go over one college football thing. Then when the Wisconsin, who was formerly in the top ten, has dropped out due to not playing games over the past two weeks because of a bunch of COVID cases within their program. So it'll be interesting to see if they get back up and can get going here. Um within their program. And so I'm going to go into the rankings now quickly, which have been very interesting. At the moment, the AP poll has Alabama on the top. I agree with that. I'll talk about that in a second, but I have Alabama as um, <clears throat> my number one team entering the playoff. Obviously, coming out of the playoff, I've said consistently, Alabama and Ohio State will be the two teams in the championship game. Ohio State will win the championship. But I think, I've also said from the game, that Alabama will be the number one team entering the playoff. The AP poll has Notre Dame at number two after the big win. I obviously kind of have to put them there, but I don't believe Notre Dame's all that good still. Ohio State number three, Clemson number four. Texas A&M's moved all the way up to number five after a couple of big wins. And Florida is at number six just behind them. Obviously, Cincinnati is still up there um, doing very well at 6-0, and BYU is just behind them at number eight um, after a big win over Boise State here. And we'll have to see what continues happening. With BYU there, Miami snuck into the top 10 again at number 9. I don't believe Miami's all that good either. I think they're a team that's overrated, and we'll have to see if they go down. And at number 10, we have Indiana, who's played very well, but I still don't think they're as good as their... Um, <clears throat> I think their record shows them better than they actually are. And then, as I said, Oregon at number 11, Georgia at number 12, Wisconsin at number 13, and Oklahoma State at number 14. Other notable teams throughout, you have Oklahoma at 18, USC at 20, Texas at 21, and Auburn at 24. And so, at the moment, for my top four teams, this is how I, I see it ending the season off. And there are clear three teams, I believe, actually. And you're not going to agree with me when I say this, but I think there are clear three teams that are going to make the playoffs, and that is Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. And most people would say uh, would ask why Clemson should be in the playoff here, and it's very clear why Clemson over Notre Dame will be there, and we'll talk about it, because they're Clemson, and they didn't have Trevor Lawrence, and it's a very clear thing. I have Alabama entering the playoff at number one. Ohio State will enter the playoff at number two. They'll trend up. Notre Dame will trend down. I don't think Notre Dame's that good of a team. They're bound to not look great against a couple of teams later on. Notre Dame plays teams like, I believe, Virginia Tech and uh, North Carolina throughout here. I can look at their schedule real quick here and and um, see who they play in the rest of the season. The rest of the season here, but as I said, Notre Dame plays Boston College even this coming week. That's a game they could lose, honestly. I don't think that um, Notre Dame's all that good, and I think Boston College proves they're a pretty good team, but Notre Dame does play UNC here, and I think that could be a loss as well. And so I don't know if Notre Dame's going to go undefeated. I think they could easily lose a game here before ending the season, and so they could trend down. But I have Ohio State number two, Alabama number one. At number three, I would put... I, I It's difficult for me to do this, but I would put number I put Clemson at number three to end the season. I think they're able to train back up there towards the top. I think Trevor Lawrence will play well, and they Clemson will be able to push themselves even with one loss to being the third team. And the fourth seed is obviously has always been the very interesting thing, and it's in, it it's it's difficult to determine. You have a bunch of teams that could qualify for this. Obviously, at the moment, you think Florida could do it, but they're going to lose to Alabama, and two losses will be difficult to do it. Oregon, if they go undefeated, could qualify for this spot. Texas A&M is really hot right now, and I'm not sure if Texas A&M will lose again this season. Texas A&M plays a bunch of solid SEC teams like Mississippi and Auburn and um, Tennessee, if you want to consider them solid, but they're not all that good Can after what I've watched recently of my team there. But um, 
It'll be interesting to see what happens with Texas A&M. I'm worried for Oregon and Oklahoma State and those kind of teams with Texas A&M there because I think Texas A&M could easily jump in to that fourth spot. But um, at the moment, if I'm looking at everything going on here, and it's a pretty – there's a big landscape and everything, I believe after this week – I. It's really difficult for me to say this, but I believe Oregon will be able to take the fourth spot in the college role boil. I This is very close. This is not a very clear team here. I think Texas A&M is a threat. If Texas A&M goes undefeated for the rest of the season, they will take that spot. Um, and I'm banking on Texas A&M not winning every game this year. They're going to lose one. They'll lose to a team like LSU or Auburn or Tennessee or any of those, but I think they'll lose one game here to end the season. I just don't know. But if they don't, they will make the playoff because their only loss is to Alabama. It's very clear. I don't think that they are a top-four team, but I'm worried that the committee might because they put them at number five here at the moment. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Florida, people may think they can make it. They will not be able to make it. They'll lose to Alabama in the, in the SEC championship. I am worried very slightly about Florida beating Alabama in the SEC championship and then both of them making the playoff like that. If that were to happen, Florida were to beat Alabama in the SEC championship, obviously both of those teams would have to play off Ohio State and Clemson or Ohio State and Notre Dame as the other two, and that's it. It's a very clear line. But I think Ohio- Florida won't be able to beat Alabama there. Um, other notable teams, Cincinnati, I don't think will be able to do it. They'll lose to UCF in my opinion, so I think they'll be able to drop out of it and um, they won't make it. BYU, that's another one that is interesting to me. I think that um, BYU, BYU will end up at the end of the season being one of the top teams here. They are 8-0 at the moment. They'll be 10-0 at the end of the season. They have proved that they're a very good team. I think what would be good, because BYU is looking to schedule games right now, if BYU could schedule a game with Oregon and have those two play each other, I think that would be great because I think it helps both teams, really. Um, You could prove both of them would get a top-notch team on their um, record if they go undefeated and you get to be in there a really good team and so if you were to win that I think that could propel one of them to the playoff and so I'd be looking to do that if I were Oregon or BYU um, and otherwise I the Oklahoma State can is always going to be a contender for that spot considering if they go um, 11 and 1 and win the Pac not the Pac-12 the um <clears throat> excuse me the Big 12 they could make a run for that spot but I don't know if they're going to be able to beat out teams like Texas A&M and all those are there. So at the moment I say Oregon, but I think that that's very close and that's very worrying at the moment. And I'm very worried for the teams like Oregon and Oklahoma State because I think Texas A&M could easily take that spot if nothing else changes. Or Notre Dame, honestly, if nothing else changes. Notre Dame will take that spot and Clemson will be in there with them. And so that will be how it looks. And so it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Actually, one more thing I want to add in. The Heisman race at the moment, I think they're a very clear cut like three there there's a fairly clear cut like top three or so you obviously have mac jones at the top i've liked him all season i think he'll be he was really good i said from the beginning i thought he'd be a top three candidate for it justin fields if they played obviously said he'd be a top three candidate as well he's done well he's there and then obviously trevor lawrence as well i don't love trevor lawrence but i think he is a top three candidate for the heisman at the moment then you have our players like zach wilson those people outside i think mac jones wins the heisman this season but i think he'll be close in the final rundown um with a bunch of people actually being able to stay pretty close together such as Zach Wilson, Travis Etienne, all those players um, staying not that far behind. Kyle Trask, another long shot. He could be really good. So that's how cultural looks at the moment. That's really how I would look at it. And um, now I'm going to move on to my NFL power rankings. So I'm going to end my episode um, 
well, the final segment here, I'm going to actually have Vinny take as always here, but the final thing I want to do here was my um, NFL Power Rankings, which I release each episode here. And so it's obviously the top five teams, I believe, at this moment. Just the top five teams, not my five teams at the end, because as you probably know, and I'll restate now, I believe the Saints will win the Super Bowl. I said that at the beginning of the year. I'm sticking with that at this point. I believe the Saints will win the Super Bowl, but I will not have them in this top five at the moment. Because although they are beating the Bucks, I just don't know for a fact if I think they're one of the five best teams at this exact moment. And I also won't have the Bucks in this, um, though. But that's also partially because of what I'm watching them have done to them by the Saints. And so I'm going to talk about here. I'm going to start off at number five. And then this is the first time I've been able. Uh, this is the first time I've put this team into my power rankings. And obviously there is some bias here, but at number five I have the Tennessee Titans who are six and two at the moment. I believe they've played very well this season. They're a very good team. The addition of Desmond King is what's really allowed me to put them into the spot because I think he really puts them over the top. And I think that um, they are one of the best five teams in the NFL at this moment. Not at the end of the season. That's not what I've been saying. But I believe at this moment, Tennessee is one of the top five teams in the NFL. They're, in my opinion, they're playing slightly better than the Saints, slightly better than the Ravens, and um, slightly better than a bunch of our teams, such as the Bills. I Even though the Bills are 7-2 and two and have one of the best records, I don't believe they're a top five team either. They're outside of it, in my opinion, playing better than the Cardinals, the Bears, and obviously, as I said, the Bucks and the Saints. But that's all just opinion. I easily think the Bucks and the Saints are better at the end of the season. I easily think that... Um, at the end of the season, you could see a team like the Ravens be much better than them and the Colts be much better than them. So we'll have to see that. At number five, I have the Tennessee Titans. Coming in at number four in these rankings, I have the Green Bay Packers. They played very well recently, but they lost the game to the Vikings a week ago that they probably shouldn't have lost. And so I have to move them down to number four in this rankings here while they're at 6-2 because although I think they're one of the really, best, uh, really good teams in the NFL, I just don't think that um, they're a top-three team at this moment. Um, purely because of their um, offense and not their defense, really. Though both sides are very good. I just think they're very heavily dependent on Devontae Adams. At number three, I have the Seahawks. I think they're very good. They're a great offense team. Their defense is not nearly as good as all the other four teams on this list's defense are. But their offense is better than, I believe, all four of the other offenses at the moment. DK Metcalf's been insane recently. Russell Wilson is the MVP front runner at the moment. Tyler Lockett's been good. Chris Carson, once he gets back, will be good too. So you have the Seahawks at number three here, and they're going to need Jamal Adams back here to really get that defense going and if they want to have a chance at the end of the season to do anything. And so at number two, and this is where it may begin to shock you, I have the Steelers. And although the Steelers are the only undefeated team left in the NFL, and they play very, very well, they only barely beat a Cowboys team that's 2-7 and seven today, and it took them like the whole game to be able to just do that. And so I have them at number two in this list. I think that the Kansas City Chiefs, who I have at number one here, are the better team than the Saints, at, than the, not the Saints, the, um, the Steelers at this moment. Their offense is dynamic. Though they lost that one game to the Raiders, just barely there, I think that they're still the best team in the NFL at this moment. I think they might be the best team in the NFL consistently the whole time um and so i have the new orleans saints here at number one in my list and the steelers at number two purely because the saints often not not the new orleans saints i keep saying that kansas city chiefs at number one and the steelers at number two because the chiefs offense is the most dynamic offense in the nfl or at least one of the most dynamic offenses as i said the seahawks might be slightly better at the moment and um, their their um, their defense is getting much better at the moment as well. So I have them at number one. Well, the Steelers have great defense and great offense. Neither is 
nearly dynamic enough to contend with the Chiefs. And so I have the Chiefs at number one in this, and the Steelers number two. So my power rankings were number five, the Titans, four Packers, three Seahawks, two Steelers, and one Chiefs. I know that's a little bit of moving around from last time, but that's really how I view it at the moment. And now I'm going to move on to my ending take. And so my ending take for this episode involves the NFL again. This has been a really football-heavy podcast at the moment um, for today. But the ending take is about football, and it's about the NFL here. And i kind of been thinking about something, and I'm trying to narrow out the teams in the NFL and judge them based on things. And I believe at this moment, and a lot of people would say there are a bunch of teams or there are much less teams than what I'm about to say, um, there are Super Bowl contenders. But I believe there are seven teams in the NFL at this moment who – or who could win a Super Bowl if they had to. I think that there are some people who will say they're less than that. There are some people who will say there's really only like one or two teams in the NFL, being like the Chiefs and the Bucks or the Chiefs and the Steelers or one of those teams, kind of that. And there will also be tons of people who say there are like 16 teams that could win a Super Bowl because you have like other teams um, out there like the Cardinals, who I wouldn't, I didn't obviously have in my group of seven here, but people think are really good in some cases and have good offense. I just don't think it's a complete team. But I think there are seven teams in the NFL that are Super Bowl contenders, and I'll explain the seven here. And um, I'll say that, and I'll explain why I think they're the only seven teams in the NFL that could possibly win the Super Bowl. And I think they're also a clear cut, probably like three of them who I think have the best chance of winning the Super Bowl overall. And so here are these seven. You have the Chiefs, obviously, not much explained to do there. I've established they're the best team in the NFL at this moment. They're one of the best teams, and just like one of the best teams historically here in the past couple of years, and they've been very good, and obviously they are in this group. You have the Buccaneers, in my opinion, and although they're getting beaten by the Saints, and although I don't believe the Buc- this is the Buccaneers' season to really peak or anything, uh, and I think next year will really be the Buccaneers' season, I think, though, that the Buccaneers are still a very good team. And so um, I have them on this list nonetheless. Because I think that they could win a Super Bowl if they had to, as I've explained many times here. I think the Buccaneers are a good team. They they have a great defense, a good offense, and I just think they're dynamic overall, especially with the addition of Antonio Brown. Um, but I don't think they're one of like the three that really have the top chance to do it. Another one would be the Steelers. Obviously, they're the only 8-0 team. They have a good offense. Ben Roethlisberger, though, is really the only thing holding them back, in my opinion. He's not all that great. He's much more of a check-down quarterback, similar to Drew Brees, who I'll get to in a minute. The Steelers also have... Um, a great, good offensive weapons around him with the receivers. They're the running back group get better, and they have a solid defense as well. And so I have them in this group. Ravens, that is my other Super Bowl team with the Saints. I'll address both of them now, actually. I think the Ravens are the team that plays the Saints in Super Bowl at the beginning of the season, and I'll stick with that at this moment. I still think they'll play them in. The Ravens got a big win today. Although their offense is not nearly as dynamic as it was last year, and they're not all that good offensively, I think they'll step that up. They have a good quarterback, and overall it will get going sometime here. And so um, I believe that they, that Ravens team is a Super Bowl contender and can easily win if they got going here. And um, uh, as I said, the Saints are in this group because I think the Saints are my Super Bowl team this year. I've said that from the beginning. They're doing very well offensively at the moment. With the addition of Michael Thomas back now, that could really help them. Um, and so their defense is getting better over time. I thought they were going to be a top defense, and they haven't been great so far this season, but I think if they get back to that, they'll easily be the be- one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL. Then you have the Packers, who are playing great. They're kind of held back by only having Devontae Adams as an offensive receiver here, who's actually a weapon um, for this season. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. 
And I don't think they're one of the, like, they're really through the best chance, but I think they could do it. And then you have the Seahawks, too, as I've talked about. I like the Seahawks, though they're going to really need to get going defensively. I have the Seahawks here, though. I think they're a good team. I think they have a good, um... A good offense here with Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson, DK Metcalf, David Moore, Greg Olson even as well. They're a good offense. Carlos Hyden, their player, didn't mention. But their defense needs to get better for this. And so I said that there were seven. Those are the seven. And then there are kind of three in there that I think have the best chance, obviously. I believe that's the Chiefs, the um, the Saints, and the Ravens are the three that will have the best chance. In the very end, I think those are the three that will have the best chance of doing it. And so that is my um, ending take. I think there are only seven teams in the NFL that can win a championship this year. I'd love to put my Titans team in that, but I just don't think they're a Super Bowl-level like team at the moment. I think they're really, really good. They're just outside, but I don't think they're a Super Bowl-level team. But as I said, I'd love to be shocked by them. And there are other teams like Cardinals, Bills are really in that area too. Maybe even the Colts could be considered in that area. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening. And so that was my ending take. So that is the end of my episode. I hope you enjoyed. As I said, I'm going to continue to be putting, trying to put out these episodes the most I can, but it's really coming down to two every two weeks at the moment just based on the circumstances I'm in and all the work that I have and stuff like that. But um, I'll continue putting these out, and I hope you enjoyed, obviously. Um, tell your friends and stuff like that. And um, thank you for listening to this episode. Um, two weeks i'll have another episode out for sure i'll see if i can get one out this week it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with that but i will have an episode out for you in two weeks that i hope you will enjoy and so thank you for listening to this episode i've probably said that so many times thank you so much um and um have a good week bye